back to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we forge value-driven investors on a mission to live life on their terms. No matter where you have come from or where you are going, becoming a value-driven investor is in all our best interests because becoming financially free allows us to focus on what matters most, fulfilling our purpose. Our community of value-driven investors is committed to showing you the way. With the support of this community, you are sure to reach your goals. For all of us in the value-driven investor community, there is no greater gift than the gift of giving. Because together, anything is possible. Welcome back to the Value Driven Investor, and I am excited to be with my buddy, Bob Grand. Grando, how the hell are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Busy week. Already feels like Friday, and it's only Wednesday. You know what? It is Friday for me because I'm taking off. I'm heading to Michigan, and I'm going to go snowmobiling with my buddies, and I am stoked for that. You know what? Mm. That's the beauty of life on our terms, right, man? Yeah, that is true. I am actually jealous of that. Like, <laughs> I, should, I should be gone doing something cool like that, too. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. So today, I, you know what, everybody? I'm glad that you're joining us for this episode of How Do I Find a General Contractor I Can Trust? Because... Finding a general contractor when you're in the survival phase and you're just getting started and you want to and maybe not be that wholesaler anymore and you want to get into the nitty gritty of transforming properties, which is what Bob and I just love so much is taking something that's run down, beat up, neglected and and transforming it into into a beautiful property. And and not only that, but I think, you know, as a value driven investor, it's it's about transforming it into something that another family will come and say, man. I've been dreaming about this house. Man, this is the house I'm gonna raise my kids in. Man, this is just everything I wanted. And when I think about that, like the vision I would paint for you is this. You know when they have the reveal on on all those house shows, those I flipped it or flipped it for your family or whatever those house shows are, and they they have like they they hide the house and the family's been wondering what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? What is it gonna look like? What is it gonna look like? And then they pull the truck away or they pull the sign away or they pull whatever it is away and the family sits there and like literally in awe of what you did i will tell you you know bob and i have both experienced that feeling and it is honestly it's it's just it's the best feeling in the world and it's like the the feeling when you're like man i want to do that again when you that know house comes together in the last week boom that, yeah. that feeling you're like oh my god Somebody's yeah, and it's, it's the feeling yeah. too when like the people walk through the house and they can't believe that it's going to be theirs. Like this is theirs and this is this is theirs and this is the, this is what they get to experience every day they wake up. And I don't know. It's really cool. And that's one of the biggest reasons why it's hard for me to leave that transformation phase of investing because I just I love it I love it so today though you can't transform anything unless you have a general contractor you can trust and that's what we're talking about today and you're probably sitting there going okay I want to be a I don't you know wholesaling's great or I got my feet wet here but you know what I really want to I want to transform something I want to I want to take something that's ugly and and dilapidated and and I want to flip it and transform it and the other thing is I'm really realizing like wholesaling's great but man, I think those guys are making more money uh, on those projects than I am. I want to get started on that. And that's what we're going to talk about. Now, what is the first thing that you need to think about is you need to think about what are you getting involved in? And I want to kick it off with a story because 
you know what you just can't you can't really give you guys i can't give you guys a real good picture of what it's like to work with a general contractor when everything goes wrong now i'm not telling you a story about pain because i want to deter you from doing it but i want to bring reality to the topic that we're talking about finding a general contractor is not easy so when you jump into this don't think like the first guy you call is going to be the magic man and he's going to walk up and he's going to just make everything perfect and you're not going to have to do anything when it comes to the construction side because reality is bob and i will tell you we've gone through <laughs> numerous different people and, and oh the, god <laughs> and the other thing is bob and i have also which is fantastic oh. and why i love having bob with me on uh, on this podcast is because We've gone, we've taken different routes. So we're gonna be able to give you different perspectives. So anyways, let me start with my story. I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. So my story starts like this. This is back when I first started rehabbing properties. They were small properties. Uh, this project was like $125,000 that we bought. And we were buying properties from the bank all the time. The market was actually going down. So when I bought that property at $125,000, it was losing money every single day. Not only on my carrying costs, but the value was going down every single day. And so people thought I was crazy. What are you doing buying real estate when it's going down? And I said, nobody else is doing it. So how many people am I bidding against? Very few. So it's all about what you buy it at. It's not what you sell it at. That's why I kept doing it. But anyway, so I bought that property. I got into it. I knew the numbers were gonna be tight because when you do smaller projects like that, 125, I think we were flipping it for 250, 275, something like that. Um, when you're doing small projects like that, you have a, a smaller margin. So if something goes wrong, let's say, oh yeah, we're gonna be good, that furnace is gonna be fantastic. And then you get into the project, you own the project and you find out the furnace isn't gonna be fantastic and that's $5,000 to get a new furnace. You're like, oh man, I just went from a 20% return on investment down to a 15% return on investment, something like that. I don't know the exact numbers, but I mean, when you drop that much, that fast on one thing you're like whoa this is getting real now that's the same thing when you find a general contractor so i went out there and i was like we had probably at the time i had four general contractors i was working with we were doing a lot of these small flips um and i was like okay this is a tighter one you know what let's let's see if we can find uh, a newer guy and we my partner at the time he had this newer guy and you know you're you're always think that cheaper's better especially when you're rehabbing a house because the cheaper you can do it the more money you can put in your pocket well i can tell you that that philosophy has burned me more than it's helped me so i would tell you do not always think cheaper is better uh, i would tell you that this story demonstrates middle of the road is probably the best so anyways this young cat comes in and he found us because he drove by a couple of our projects and he realized man these guys don't do just one house they do a couple different houses and so you know what this could be good for me this could be my opportunity to break in and he seemed like a really good kid you know i mean he's young he's probably in his 20 like late 20s 
and he had been remodeling a general contractor for a couple years he was well spoken he promised a lot I mean he promised you know what you know what I totally know what you guys are doing yeah okay those are your numbers I mean you guys have to understand we knew our numbers like we knew what we needed we knew we there was he didn't have to do anything but build like we had designers involved so we knew what the product we wanted we would look like we had our numbers figured out and we knew exactly where to go buy the product all you had to do as a general contractor was just follow our plan right oh yeah man I could do that oh yep I'm set up over at Menards Home Depot I'm set up here I'm set up there yeah we're good we're good yep I, I can hit those costs and so it all came down to okay and you're cool with this profit right oh yeah yeah I'm totally cool with that profit long story short goes this goes like this we get him involved we're like okay you know what my buddy and i were like yeah you know what let's give him a shot let's give him a shot and we did and we got him on a contract and we said okay let's go now we also knew because we were going with a cheaper guy hey do you have a line of credit oh yeah, uh uh well not really i mean i'd probably need you know because the job was going to be i think like forty-five thousand. he's like i'd probably need like half down and we're like, okay, well, we're not doing half down. We won't do that. But we'll do, how about 10,000? And he's like, okay, I can do 10,000. Yeah, let's do 10,000. That'll get me materials and get me going. So we give him 10,000. One day leads to another. Second day, third day. He's supposed to be on the job. He's in where is he? Where'd he go? <laughs> Why didn't he show up? Hey, man, where are you? He's not no. answering his phone. I, I We're texting oh. him. Then finally on day six, after he gets his $10,000, he shows up to the job. Hey man, glad you could show up. Oh yeah, oh, I forgot to tell you, I had a vacation planned. Oh, you did? Oh, so you got that $10,000 and just luckily you had a vacation planned. Yeah, it just worked out like that. Okay, you know, and, 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 and <laughs> you know, my partner and I both said, okay, I get it, good uh, for you, good for you. You gotta get away, I'm getting away, you gotta get away. All right, so he gets on the job. He's on the job five days in a row. Nothing's really happening. We're wondering, like, why is this taking so long? Why can't you demo this? Why can't you put up a framed wall? Why are you, what's going on? Again, long story short, it was probably, we gave him probably six days on the job. He then flaked out, walked away, didn't show up. Another week, another two weeks, doesn't show up. We're the writings on the wall. We're going, okay, we gave this guy 10 grand. He probably hasn't even used the 10 grand yet. He probably spent half the 10 grand on his vacation. And now he's sitting there trying to figure out, hmm, I got this Ponzi scheme going on. How the hell am I going to finish this project enough to get another 10 grand out of these guys? <laughs> and and yeah. again, I'm making assumptions, but you know what? Mm. I've been down the, around the block long enough that we realized we are involved in a Ponzi scheme. And it was reality and and you say a ponzi scheme what do you mean he's just a general contractor yeah but this is the thing about general contractors a lot of them are not good at managing money and this young kid was not good at managing money obviously he wanted the money to go on vacation and so the fact that he spent our money to go on vacation which is what i thought he did i can't you know can't guarantee it but i'm pretty sure um that's what happens is they're not they don't have lines of credit they don't know how to manage yeah. their financings and so what, what they'll do is they'll take money from a job that they have coming up and they will use that money to finish a job that they're on well that's all good until that ponzi scheme falls apart collapses. collapses and when that ponzi scheme falls apart who is left screwed me 
me the property owner me the guy who hired him me the one that needs to finish the job and i don't have the money that i'm supposed to have and my budget just went up so again i'm not trying to paint a picture of doom and gloom but i want to be real with you guys that you have to have your head on a swivel you have to understand what is this contractor? You have to interview the contractor. You have to understand what their real position is. You have to be very careful with contracts and giving them enough money just to get going so they can prove themselves. When you're starting with a new GC, you have to have your wits about you because if you don't, you'll end up right where I ended up, which was $10,000 light on my pocketbook, $10,000 more on my budget, and I was able to work my way through it because again, I had three other contractors and I had to call a favor. And I had to get a guy in that I could trust and he helped us and he, he got us through it. The margin was less than I thought. I mean, I was shooting for a 20% margin. I think we made 5%. And that money that we lost, that time that we lost, all the overhead we lost, uh, you know, it, it, it went from 20 to 5%. And I was like, shit. You know, but it is what it is. And and you know what? Those are the lessons that you learn along the way. And if I didn't have those lessons, I wouldn't be able to talk to you guys, number one. But number two, I wouldn't be able to be where I am today. So that's the story. Uh, and I survived it. But now I want to talk about, okay, should I work with a general contractor? Should I do be the general contractor myself? Grando, you're your own general contractor. Bring us back to when you first got started, because I believe when you first got started, you had the same question in your head. And then yeah. what did you choose, man? Uh, me starting out, I just started swinging a hammer. So I, you know, it, back then I felt like I had more time on my hands than money. So that was kind of the reasoning back then for me to get started. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get so deep into something that I can't handle it. And I'm and I wanted to learn everything about construction. You know, I was a firefighter, and construction was an important aspect of just being able to know building construction. So I thought it'd be great to do. Um, you know, looking back, I wouldn't change that. And I became a GC over the years because of being burned, just like you talked about. You know, so as you grow, you've got to make changes. Your time, you know becomes very valuable and you end up needing to put people in place to do that type of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's how I got started out with that. And, and I, I thought it was great and it gave me a lot of experience and, you know, it's just one of those things that it's a personal decision. Do you have the skills? Are you willing to learn the skills or do you not, you know, and, and do you, do you need to find somebody with those skills? Um, yeah, I and like Grando, I, have, I think you so. nailed it. You said um, the reason that I made that decision was because I had more time than money. And I think mm -hmm. that is a huge factor in a lot yeah. of people's decision making. Fortunately for me, I had built a pretty solid real estate business. So yeah. I had not more money than time, but I had a position where I could take a chance on someone and uh maybe you know lose a little money because i took that chance on someone else but i was able to leverage my time and so i looked at it as, at yeah. it as from an opportunity cost perspective is like hey me tim murphy number one I, I did a lot of trades when i was a young kid for summer jobs which mm -hmm. was great I, I worked on a house with my uncle which was great but i also knew like 
I had no passion whatsoever to do construction. That is not what I wanted to do. I wanted to do more. I wanted to, you know, think smart, work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. um, that was always my philosophy. And I was just like, yeah. I'm not going to do that. So that was right. my philosophy going into it, is that one way or hell or high water, I'll find somebody to make it work. Bob, mm -hmm. though, bring us back on your first project. So were you a GC when you did your first project and you no. were swinging the hammer or bring us no. back to that story? I mean, going back, like this is like, I mean, way back, this was like 2004 when I was just working on my own house. It's kind of that, what I call that micro flipping type concept where you live in it, you fix it up over two years and sell it. That's what I was doing, you know, and that's what a lot of, that's how a lot of people get started and they learn they love that business. And so my first house, I just bought, you know, that ranch style home that was dated from the seventies and went through and just started ripping out like, okay, now I'm going to learn how to tile. Okay. Now I'm going to learn how to paint. Now I'm going to learn how to do flooring, all that stuff. You know, and then, you know, over time, you know, I grew that to um, having a fascination with wanting to install granite countertops. And so uh, I started cutting my own granite countertops in my garage. And then that's why I became a GC because you had to be a general contractor. You wanted to install it for other people. So that was like, I want to install granite for people because I just loved building it, you know. Um, but then, um, you know, going back, I ended up deciding, you know, I sold my places, told, rolled all my money down the road so I could build my first house. And that was my first GC project where I GC'd, my first house was a 4,000 square foot, like $600,000 house that I built. Nice. And I did work on it, did that, and it was a huge, I mean, it's like the equivalent of like four houses in one, the logistics that go into that, and that was before an iPhone existed, you know? So it's like, you're sitting there with paper and pencil and figuring all the crazy <laughs> crap out. If you needed to Google something, you had to go to a coffee shop to get internet, you know? It's like, I think back, that's not that long ago. But that's weird, you know, like it's all on my phone. I, I can link it up to my MacBook right there. You know, I probably would have a hotspot or something on a site of a project that big now. You know, it's just crazy to think, you know, looking back. But that's kind of how I got rolling in that direction and realizing quickly me as a person working on a house as a single person, I'm unscalable, right? So I only have so many hours in the day. So if I'm going to be able to do more projects, do another project, be able to keep this rolling, I'm going to burn out quickly when it's all my hours trying to, you know, the, be the, what is it? The butcher, the baker and the candlestick maker. You know, it's like, that's, that's what happens quickly. And I'm feeling that pinch right now in my own business, you know, again, like where I was still GCing and we're picking up projects and not even that much more of a workload, but just enough to overwhelm me because I'm a, I'm not that great of a project manager with multiple projects, you know, or even one, like I can do it, but I have to kind of be there all the time and be checking in and answering questions. And so now we're to the point where, you know, we've got another site GC that's working and, you know, um, and a project manager designer, you know, kind of like how you kind of have it set up where I'm a little bit more re removed. Um, but looking back, the cool thing about it is I can walk into any site, read any set of construction plans, go through, and I can test a GC really quickly. And the cool thing about our newest GC is why I love him so much. And we can talk more about it later, but he's amazing because he's willing to admit when he doesn't know something. And that's like, is when I right when he said that, he goes, you know, I can do this, this, because I'm weak on the framing aspect of it. He goes, I can read plans. Yeah. He goes, I can read plans, but I'm probably not that great. I go, cool. I go, you just have to be willing to admit that you either screwed up or don't know something. I go, and we can always move forward from that point. Cause most people, most general contractors, their egos are so big. They can't, they can't do it. It's crazy.
So. Yeah, you, I think you touched yeah. on a couple really good things there because I learned that same lesson when I was with my uncle and we were building that $800,000 house. It was like, you know, 4,700 square foot house and he was trying to do everything himself and I, mm -hmm. I observed and I, I thought yeah. the same thing that you just said there, like he can only do so much and look at all the time that he's putting into this. You know, I didn't see a lot of great leverage. I didn't see work smarter you know not uh, harder i didn't see that philosophy going on and so that was another reason why i was like ah that's not what i want to do um right. is is that so that you made some really good points and and also that point there with your general contractor i think you lead in really really nicely into um the fact that you have to be self-aware yourself of what you're capable and not capable of mm -hmm. but if you're going to find a great general contractor they have to be the same way because yeah. There's either insecurity because a general contractor never wants to tell you, oh, I can't get it done. They're yes men because yep. they feel like if they say no, they're going to lose the work. Right, right. Number two is there's ego because mm -hmm. what man who is a contractor, usually the <laughs> alpha guy or yeah. the stud or the redneck, you know, like mm -hmm. brute guy, like he's not going to admit that he doesn't know how to do something <laughs> because then he's oh. weak and nobody yeah. wants to be weak but in the end at the end of the day the strongest person is the one that can be the most self-aware uh mm -hmm. not the one that can tell you they can do it and then screw it up and then you're the right. one going you know i thought you said you could do this oh yeah well <laughs> it didn't work out the way i thought it would well yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i can it's just been a while like yeah. ever <laughs> yeah yeah so, yeah man that's so true yeah. so here's it's, a couple things so world. why work with a general contractor instead of doing it yourself i'm going to give a couple you know there's a million points here and mm -hmm. this is the beauty of talking about you know working with the general contractor and finding a general contractor this is a subject that bob and i will be on and we'll have a podcast on probably countless times over the next mm -hmm. five years because right. it's never ending conversation so I just want you guys to know that we're just scraping the very, very top of the <laughs> iceberg here. Yeah. But why work with a general contractor? Here's a reason. Number one, work smarter, not harder. That's my philosophy. Mm -hmm. And number two, part of that philosophy is opportunity cost. If you understand economics, mm -hmm. opportunity cost is, hey, if I spend my time over here, what is my return on that time? Or if I can spend my time over here, what's my return on my time? Because your time is a limited asset. You only have so many hours in the day. How can you maximize your time and your use to maximize your return on investment? Um, you know, that's what I'm always thinking about. And that's why I was like, well, me being a general contractor is not gonna allow me to maximize my opportunity cost or my, you know, profit. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the big yeah. reasons why I, I, you know, I fought down that path to find that perfect general contractor and I never, even thought about resorting to become the general contractor because of those thoughts in my head. Now, now what I've come to find out also, being the developer and not the general contractor, there are some pretty sweet tax advantages. Um, mm. <laughs> and so we can go down that another time, but that's right. another thing that I discovered uh, was that being the, uh, the developer and not being the general contractor now you can have a general contracting business and a development business, but having them separate, there's some big advantages to that. But now why would you do it yourself? Bob, go back when you were a general contractor and as you were doing these flips and you were doing it yourself, 
why would you why did you do it yourself i know you said that you know you had more time than money but go yeah. into it from more of a business perspective like you you could have there was a time where you were still doing it but you could yeah. have hired it out but you didn't yeah. what were you thinking for i think a big portion of me was just control of the product you know so like i was i was worried and that's what happens when you've been burned by contractors i was so worried that it was going to go wrong if I wasn't paying attention to it and if I wasn't on it, you know, and, and watching every aspect of it and being there and answering questions if they had a question. And, you know, so even though I could be gone, I'd roll back in two, three times a day just to be able to answer those questions and, and, and do that if they were working and or I'd be watching that the HVAC guys, you know, because like I know how it goes in. I know how electricity, you know, the electrical goes in. I know how the plumbing goes in and I'm just waiting for the red flag, you know, and. And, uh, you know, my wife actually said it best the other day. She said that she goes, you know, you'll drop, you'll drop somebody so fast. And, and we we're actually just a little bit of an argument that we had about, you know, my, um, reservations with people and my inability to trust like contractors. Like if they screw up once, she goes, you're almost axing them because of that. And I was like, that's because I've been burned so many times. And she's taking over the aspect of working with these contractors and she's building an amazing team because she's more of an amazing team builder than I am. And I thought I was pretty good. But like looking at it, like, so she's building these people and I get pissed if something's messed up. Like once something basic, it's like, dude, they should know that. It's like, that's fuck, that's check number one. Uh, we, I can see where this is going. They've got a two year shelf life. You know, I start saying, and I, and that's like my embeddedness from over the years. So that's, what's caused me to stay in that box, you know? And it's like to, to have that control. And we had this long conversation about it and, and about me not being able to release that. And it, and it caused me to really be like, you know what? You're right. Like, I'm probably potentially, I probably lost some great people that made some honest mistakes that I just axed them because I've been burned before and thinking back, like, you know, how much better could my business have been? And it caused me to really, over the last few weeks, really connect with that and think like, geez, you know, that's, that's one of those moments where you have to be like, you know, you've got to be able to trust people. You've got to be able to release it. But, you know, it's tough sometimes in this business because contractors, like when you're not finding the good ones and stuff, you know, you gotta, you gotta be careful cause you lose money. And you know, I wasn't willing to, you know, and the other big portion of it is I wasn't willing to risk, you know, I've said this multiple times, I'm not willing to risk, you know, my family's livelihood for my mistake, you know? And so like my brother, uh, my wife, everybody depends on our family business to operate. And so like, for me, like, I feel like that weight's like on my shoulders. And so it's just like, I was like, I got, I gotta be there. I gotta be there. And, it's just now, you know, it's just now I'm starting to release all that and feel better about it. But Grando, yeah, you nailed it. Control yeah. it was definitely uh, one of my big concerns at the beginning because you do have to give up and be willing to give up control. Um, and I think another great point that you made was, you know what, I had my GC license, so I understood if I was giving up control, I knew though, like, are they doing it right or not doing it right? And see, that was something that, that was a hard lesson for me because I never had my GC license. So I did learn uh, all the aspects of building. I learned a lot with my, my uncle, but then I learned a lot more when I just started going through the process and I was a lot more heavily invested in uh, controlling the project, watching the project, managing the project, and being on site more to look at every little nuance of the process so I could get that knowledge that you have as a general contractor. So then I knew, 
okay, wait a minute, he's doing something to me here. Or, oh, wait a minute, he said that fridge is going to be this and it's it's not that. Or wait a minute, you know what I mean? So because it's it's yeah. there, there's always gaming going on between the contractor and, and their clients or you or whatever, uh, yeah. because things, you know, they're making assumptions on what things will cost which is a risk of theirs that they take on as a general contractor and it doesn't always pan out. So when it doesn't pan out, that Ponzi scheme comes back and it's like, okay, I told them that fridge was only going to be 4,500, but it actually turned out to be 5,500. How am I going to make up that thousand bucks? That's always going on always to this day. It goes on everywhere. So control is super important. Um, but Bob, talk about this one. When you're doing it as a general contractor yourself, didn't you think when you started doing it that way, man, I'm gonna be able to increase my profit potential because now I'm doing it. So tell us like, where were you where your mindset was and like, is your mindset still there that yes, we're increasing our profit potential or yeah. maybe not so much? Yeah, yeah, I saw it as like, well, if I could do um, five projects in a year and make the same amount that I would be making for you know seven or eight projects, like, it's a great place for me to be, right? It's less risk, you know, when I, when I've spanned my money out there, because the second we put our money into something, you know, we're partnered with a bank, we're partnered with a private money lender, we're partnered somewhere, you know, so then, then there's the stressor of that, making that. So it, you know, I felt like it also insulated me a little bit, you know, because of like a market shift or anything like that, you know, it allows you to kind of have that control and be able to, um, you know, really kind of make sure that a project will get done, you know, cause it would rest on my shoulders to get it done. Um, and, and working with the other people that kind of came in there and did that. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I re I, you know, now realize it's better to take a less profit and find an amazing team to get a project done. Because I, I say it like this, the work of one can do one, right? The work of two can do three. And so maybe the work of three could do six. And I saw it yesterday on our project three guys putting in a beam. Could I put that beam in? No. You know, I'd always need another person. So I am paying for another person and you know, it's labor, you know, it's like, I didn't necessarily need to be doing labor. You know, my time's better spent going out and finding the next project. So this whole team can stick with me and say, that's the leader. He runs the team. He's finding our next project. We don't have to think we can sit here and work. So I'm not worried about where my next job's coming from because that's what will start happening to contractors. They'll take your job and then they're instantly panicking like, oh God, okay, this one's here. I got it now. Let's work it, work it, work it. But oh gosh, in three weeks, this is done. You know, so, so you're, you, you got to think a little bit, I guess, bigger picture and scalability has probably been the, the biggest thing that I've had to focus on over the last six months. You know, if I'm going to be in this business and growing this business, cause I love it. Like you do, I don't see myself being out of the flipping. I see myself doing more of everything else, you know? So, but I always want to be here. And so that's kind of like trying to figure that out. Just thinking like, how can I scale it? It can't be scaled with me inside working on a project, you know? Grando, so let's circle back here and just get real clear on. So do you, did you, then say that, yeah, you know what? At the beginning, I thought I'd be increasing my profit, but yeah. you realize because of opportunity cost, maybe Bob's grand grand's times used better elsewhere mm -hmm. that you were able to leverage, you know, another general contractor right. and you're not making as much profit maybe on that single job, but right. because you can use your time elsewhere, because you have somebody doing the work on that job, now exactly. you can make a little bit less profit on two, three, four, five jobs all at once, mm -hmm. which ultimately 
increases your overall profitability and increases your scalability, right? right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, doing five projects is profitable. Say I make 75,000. I go, but what if I can do 12 projects and still make 60,000? I mean, exact same thing. And then the other aspect of it is, you know, my GC, like our people, most of them, they like hourly, they like to be paid per hour, which is great. So we don't have to deal with all this bidding of everything all the time. So like, okay, we know this and we can start judging hourly. So I was like, when I broke it down per hour, like I value my time at, you know, probably $300 an hour. That's the type of work and the level of work I should be doing, you know, three, $500 an hour. I was doing 40 to $50 an hour work. You know, it's like, it's skilled. It's great. That's a great living wage for somebody, but it's not helpful for me when I'm trying to scale my business and, and make more profit, you know, down the road. And so, but that person loves what they're doing, you know, and I didn't love that. I was just doing it because I felt like I had to in order to survive and make everything work. So. Exactly. Yeah. Bob, right there, what he just said, summarized opportunity costs. So if you didn't hear that, you should rewind that and you should play that back because that is the debate you should have in your head if you want to yeah. grow and scale. Now, if you just want to flip one house and make as much profit as possible, great, go for it. That's but if cool. you want to yeah. actually build a business, then you need to hear what Bob just said. So, Bob, you know what? We want to make this episode a little shorter than some of our other episodes. <laughs> Give us a story, yeah. though. Like, I don't I gave the kind of horror story of what to yeah. look out for. I don't want doom and gloom. I want you to yeah. leave us on this podcast with some hope. Like there the is light. <laughs> the one out there, right? There is, dude. The, the light at the end of the tunnel is where I'm at right now, man. This is what's great about I love like evolution and and me getting over my stuff and, you know, and having to struggle with things and, and just solve these problems. Um, you know, so I, you know, I brought my um, wife in as our project manager and she's like a very high level project manager been managing like, you know, 250, $300,000 weddings and like, you know, very expensive weddings, lots of invasive stuff that you have to be doing. Done a lot of micro on flips it. on her own house. Yeah. Doing a lot of houses an episode. <laughs> yeah. Doing a lot of stuff on her own. So she's got the skills. Um, so allowing her to build a team. So she, we're starting to work with people and she's connecting and building. And so this one young kid is like, you know, that classic, you know, like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to work with you. And we just got him for like a day. Cause we need somebody to fill in. He's like, Oh, this is such, this is the type of work I've been doing. He goes, I've been working for this restoration company and I have to do the worst work ever. And he goes, it makes me appreciate work like this, like finish work and stuff. And he's excited. And he goes, he goes, you got to meet my like father-in-law or kind of quasi surrogate father or whatever he is. You know, he's like, you got to meet him. He's awesome. He's like, I technically work for him. And I was like, yeah, great. You know, great. Let's see. I was like, heard this before, you know? Um, and so it's kind of like one of those things where like, yeah, I'll see you when I believe it. So we are using him a few more times. Just, he's just filling in when we needed somebody, you know, on stuff, doing some trim work, doing that, you know, just a fill in handy guy. Um, and so one day he like wants to, he wants, I actually come home and he's like over at our house. And so he's like, Hey, and like, and Shelly's like, yeah, he wanted to sit down and talk to us. And he goes, I want to work with you guys because I like the way you guys think. He goes, I can see you guys are going places. And I was like, I know, you know, I was like, yeah, okay. I've heard this before. And he's like, he goes, he goes, I'm, I want to work with you guys all the time. And he's not even the, the dude that I'm actually talking about. Right. I didn't even know his father-in-law, right. Or his surrogate father. And, and so we're going, I was like, okay, I go, you know what, dude, let's just keep dating. You know, it's great. You know, I appreciate you're, you're like 28 years old and you're ambitious. I get it, man. I go, that's awesome. Um, let's just keep this process going. We'll fill you in where we can. And so then on the next project, you know, him and, uh, his, you know, surrogate father, I don't even know what to call him, but he, um, they're working on all the trim on this house that Shelly's got this project rolling for a client. And 
they're, they're working on all the trim. And so I finally get to meet him and he's like, man, he's a cool dude, you know, this and that. And so he starts kind of working a little bit more and then, you know, I'm talking to him more and more and I'm finally like realizing this dude is a great guy. You know, he won't overstate what he can do. He always is willing to figure it out. And I start thinking, I was like, this could be the GC that we need to be managing these people. And then we're like, ah, oh, like somebody bailed out on something. He goes, oh, I know a guy. And he's like, okay. I was like, then that guy comes in and I'm like, this is a great guy. You know, like the plumber, you know, like this plumber's a great guy, you know, it's like, and so I'm still in this kind of controlling phase of things, trying to like be in and be involved. In, and so this is what's causing my wife and I to have this talk where you need to like decide where you're going to be at in this and that. And I go, you know, I go, I actually think, you know, Gino is a great guy. Like, I think he could be a great GC for us. I'm like, let's talk to him about it and let's do it. And so now for the first time ever, like I'm stepping out and I'm having trouble stepping out. It's weird. Cause you're like, ah, 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 you know, and that's you're why you're losing control, right? You have yeah. to give up that control. Yeah. That's why yesterday I was there watching him put the beam in, you know, it's like, and so he's on site now and she's working with him. He's the GC on site. And the guy is just so great because he's, he's number one, he's willing to say what he can't do and, or if he needs help with it. He's also, you know, when there were more people on the job site than needed, he's like, you know, actually we don't need extra people, this and that, because I want to save you money if possible. I was like, this is even better, you know, <laughs> like getting rid of somebody when they, so they're just not standing around. But ultimately at the end of the day, you know, it's like, finally, I feel like there's a contractor that I can trust. It's got a lot of experience that worked for another company and he loved working there, but they both were like, you know, the work is good, but we're looking for something different. You know, we're looking for to do something cool, like to work with somebody that we can really help out, that we can feel like we're doing great things. And they were doing like insurance work, you know, for a restoration company where everything is just like, you know, how insurance companies are like, we pay for this and not that. And so it's just stressful work, horrible working, like demoing stuff out. And so they appreciate, you know, where they're at working with us. And, you know, so with this project, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this project to him. And I got the plans and stuff done. I go, can you get permits at the city? He's like, oh yeah, I can get permits at the city. I'm like, took me three months to get them on my uh, duplex bill, but I'd like to see. He goes, we didn't have, we have like kind of, we're in the process of permits, but he knows all the inspectors and knows everybody. He's like, I'll get him over here to pre-look at it. He's like, he's a friend of mine, this and that. And he's like, and we'll just make sure that we're good to go. So he knows that we've done it. It's like, like that's like the guy, you know? So you're finally, I'm like, just yes. like, <laughs> dude, I, I can't even, cause I don't even have time to make those connections with those people. And now it's like, all of a sudden we're starting to use his subs. You know, he's like, well, we could do this or this, or he goes, I've got a guy too. He's like, I'm like, well, let's see what your guys got and this and that. He calls his plumber right over. Guy comes over, I meet him. I'm like, I love this guy. <laughs> you know, it's like just so. It's like, yeah, let's use your guy. You know, it's like, that's awesome. And so, and then you know, and him and Shelly have a great relationship. And it's like, and then, and 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 the guy that originally brought it up was, you know, the guy that just works for him under his GC license. You know, he's just like, hey, he goes, I just think we need to go this direction. He convinced them to take a risk on us. And so then he just recently told his main business supplier, the contracting company that gives them all the restoration work. He just said, he goes, you know, he goes, I'm going this path with these people. He goes, I really like where we're at. He goes, this is how I want to finish out my contracting career. Cause he's, you know, he's probably got 10 or 12 years left in him, but that's, that's cool. the path he wants to go, you know, that's cool. Which I'm like, dude, there is light at the end of the tunnel, Tim, you can <laughs> find an amazing contract. Yeah, and there is. And I have a similar so. relationship with my, my boy, 
uh, who yeah. I've been doing this with for 12 years, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it just, when you light up, you're like, yeah, I like this. Yeah. I like that. Yes. Oh, you can do that. It's, and he you gets know, excited, dude. He's it's just like, well, yeah. it's exciting because you're really finding the the, the team. Because yes. if you want to have a business, no matter what business you're building, you have to have. It comes down to people, and yeah. people are the hardest variables to oh, not control, but to find the right pieces, right? And right. and and they and they let you down, and they and they they have some wins, you have some losses, but yeah. you have to go through that with with the humans and the teammates that you that you pick. And so, so that's really exciting to listen to that, Bob, because, yeah, I have I, even to this day with my my good friend, I have the same feeling because there's so much like right now we have a terrible job. It, the client <laughs> is just it, we have a very tricky client and it's just it's been wearing on Chris, but we've defined our roles and he knows mm -hmm. that getting me involved, which he wants, he's asked me to get involved. And then I remind him of our roles and he says, you're right, it would only make everything worse mm -hmm. um and i mm -hmm. said yeah and it would also make things be worse between our relationship because i do things way differently than you do things yeah. and he's like you're right and so basically i'm just the guy that he gets to vent to about this client that's just very demanding and mm -hmm. so it's awesome man and you know what i'm glad you and we ended this podcast with that story bob because you know, I'm, a, I'm excited to see how this journey with that contractor goes over the next year or two. And I hope that in two years, you're as excited about him or even more excited because yeah. he took the reins and you said, okay, I have a role for you. And he's willing to fit that role because he knows, like in I play hockey, right? Like mm -hmm. you have to have a winger, you have to have a center, you have to have a left winger, you have to have two defensemen, you have to have a goalie. Like yep. everybody has to play their role and if they have to be willing to play that role, otherwise the team sport doesn't work. And yeah. that's so awesome when you have someone that says, yeah, I'll play wing, I got it, don't worry about it. Dude, it's so funny you say that because that's exactly when I was on the job site just yesterday, he was like, he goes, does it feel nice that you don't have to be like, so like, I go, yeah, it feels really nice. He goes, he goes you're smart. You've done the work. He goes, you have me. He goes, I can, I can help you this. And that's like, I love you more and more every single day <laughs> we work together. <laughs> and if I can tell you this, dude, to finish this thing off, if I, in 2004, if I could have had this podcast episode right here with this amount of experience that just got vomited into 40 minutes, I'd probably be 15 years ahead you know, 15 years further down the road already, but you don't know what you don't know. And that's the important thing about, you know, this community being able to have the experience that you and I just went through over the last 15 years that somebody else doesn't have to make all these mistakes. So awesome, man. Yeah. And if you guys want to be a part of, of this journey in this community, you go to valuedriveninvestor.com and uh, sign up and we have a Facebook page, Value Driven Investor, where we're gonna share more and more content. Bob and I have tons of projects going on. Uh, we wanna share with you guys because we want you to avoid these mistakes. So thanks again for <laughs> listening to the Value Driven Investor podcast. We're out. Out. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we lead by giving. For more information about our community and what's new, visit valuedriveninvestor.com. The Value Driven Investor Podcast was produced by Digital Legend Media in Minneapolis. Build your legend, digitallegendmedia.com.